Welcome back to Ghostbusters Minute. Ghostbusters Minute is the fan podcast that chronicles and overanalyzes the classic 1984 film Ghostbusters Minute by Minute. I'm Kyle. Hi, Brady. And we are here today to bring you Minute number 49. Brady, how are you doing today? Doing good. How about you? I'm doing pretty awesome. Ready to get into Minute number 49 here. Let's do it. Let's do it. Now, in the previous minute, the Ghostbusters were visited by the Environmental Protection Agency and threatened with a court order if they did not let the EPA see their containment system. Egon has just informed the other Ghostbusters that there has been a ramp-up in psychokinetic activity all around New York City. And we close the previous minute with a shot of the gargoyle terror dog. At minute number 49, we are still atop the Evo Shandor building and a shot of the altar of Gozer. The terror dog is still predominantly in the shot, and the camera is panning down. And at 49 minutes 10 seconds, the concrete sarcophagus breaks open, and the toes of the terror dog begin to wiggle. At 49.15, the eyeball of the terror dog cracks open, and a glowing red eye can be seen underneath. At 49.21, we cut to elevator doors opening, where Dana Barrett steps out into her hallway. Party music can be heard playing as she steps off the elevator. Dana quietly walks down her hallway as lightning crashes in the background. She sees Louis Tully's apartment as she walks down the hallway. At 49.30, Dana tiptoes past Louis's apartment door. As soon as she clears the door, Louis Tully opens and steps out of the hallway and says, Oh, Dana, it's you! Dana responds with a deflated, Oh, hello, Louis. At 49.36, Louis tells Dana that she has to come in and she's missing a classic party. Dana tells Lewis that she would, but she has a date coming over later. Lewis looks shocked and lets the door close behind him. He steps out into the hallway and looks Dana directly in the eye. At 49.46, Lewis asks if she had already made the date for later tonight. Dana apologizes to Lewis and walks away. At 49.55, Lewis says, Oh, that's okay. You can bring him along. And thus ends minute number 49. So, not a whole lot going on in this minute other than you know, more comedy with Lewis Tully. I love the way that Sigourney Weaver is tiptoeing by his apartment. It looks like she's eating like nuts or popcorn or something out of a bag. And then like, as soon as she's going by, even tiptoeing that door opens and he just jumps out of the hallway. I disagree. I think there's actually quite a bit going on in this minute. Really? Oh yeah. What do you think? Tell me. Really cool stuff. All right. Well, in the last minute, um, you know, we had the talk about the Twinkie building up Mm -hmm. and then Peter says, what about the Twinkie? And that question is answered with the shot of the building and Good the lightning point. over it and all this. Yeah. And then suddenly there is just this close, this jarring close-up of the elevator doors slamming open to mm-hmm. this face, Dana's face, as she has this like almost worried look on her face. She is the answer to that question. Yeah. And so it's interesting that we're being that question's being answered with just a close-up that is just entirely uncomfortably too close on this person, and the expression on her face is, uh, you know, pretty worried. So, um, and right before she steps out, we see the gargoyle smashing open and the toes right. coming out. Yeah. So we're like, the answer to the question is, is yes. the storm, the the manifestation in the environment of what's going on. And then we see the ghost, the physical, the first real physical monster in the movie coming That's into right. the world. Have you ever heard of the rubber band effect? No, tell me about that. Okay. In editing, in film editing, uh, there's something called the rubber band effect that you see Spielberg implement quite a bit. Jurassic Park is full of it. Um, And basically what that is, is someone asking a question and in either a shot or a scene immediately following, uh, the answer is there. The rubber band is being expanded and expanded and expanded and then released and you get your answer. Yeah. Um, So what's happening here actually happens over the course of several shots and a pretty long moment, a pretty extended moment. What about the Twinkie? The rubber band is starting to be expanded. We get the shots of the building. The music is crescendoing. There is... Uh, more and more foreboding imagery. The camera is pushing in and pushing in and pushing in on things that are meant to scare you. 
Uh, and then it, you know, it's brought down to the toe of this gargoyle, which immediately cracks open, mm-hmm. and there, your answer is underneath. And then your answer is, uh, it's continuing to be answered through this, like I said, this jarring close-up of the doors flying open. There's Dana. Um, there's several moments, like I said, in Jurassic Park where uh, there is tension being built. The rubber band is being expanded. Um, the scene when the T-Rex attacks, there is the goat. It starts to ex- The rubber band starts to expand when she says, where's the goat? And then it's immediately answered when the goat's leg flies on top of the car. Uh, there's several moments where someone will ask a question like, you know, where did the vehicle stop? They cut to the goat. Then there is, why would you turn the other ones off in reference to Dennis Nidri starting to, um, you know, shut the park down. And it's immediately answered with a shot of him opening up the electrified fences with his hands. This, these types of moments and editing effects are used all over Jurassic Park. So check those out if you're interested. Um, but this, yeah, this is just another, another example of that. Uh, so it's, it's done to really great effect. The rubber band is continuing to be expanded, and then it is released with Lewis coming out of his door and giving you this uh, uh, humorous relief. Yeah. So it's done very, that editing trick is done uh, expertly right here. Great analysis there, Brady. That's uh, not something that I had taken into consideration. I was looking just for like story moments of building on, you know, the character development here. But that's that's fan- that's fascinating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always love looking for little, you know, editing tricks like that in movies. And um, I'm a really, really big fan of Jurassic Park. Really like that one. And it's done subtly. Yeah. So you're not thinking about it. You're recognizing it, but you're not thinking about it. And that's just the, uh, I don't know, man, that's, that's the... Um, the uh, Skill of an editor is is to present you with something and then cover up his tracks. Yeah, and it's rare that unfortunately it's rare that filmmakers do that. A lot of filmmakers and editors specifically are like, "Hey, look at me! Look at me! Look how cool I am!" Yeah, not going to mention the movie any. trailer effect. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And there's some really well renowned directors who are just so guilty of this. Uh, I won't mention them, but here it's being done in this um, movie to great effect in service of the story, not in service of building up like a cool moment. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, again, I love Rick, Rick Moranis' portrayal of Lewis Tully. He's yeah, so pathetic he's adorable. When, he, when he walks out and he's like, oh, you have a date? And then he just lets the door slam behind him as he walks out. And like the sound is muffled. It's almost like the sound of like his heart, you know, like yeah. he's invited her over to this party. He's going to be so great when the door's open. The uh, possibilities are open that he can get her in there into the party, you know. And then as soon as she's like, well, I have a date, he just steps out in the door, bam, behind him. And you just By hear itself. The muffled music of, what was the song? That was it. Was not on the. Um, it was one that you and I had to really I look for. I, I can't remember if it was um, the Heat of the Night or something like that. I don't that, remember or... if it was Disco Inferno. No, it, it, it wasn't Disco Inferno. It was the yeah. other song that we, you and I, first really heard when we went back and listened to the soundtrack on our Patreon episode. Hmm. Uh, it's I, not coming to me. Got to look it up. Yeah, anyway, whatever song it was, I love it. It's great. But you really only hear this small little snippet of it coming from Lewis's apartment, and half of the time it's muffled by the door being closed. And it doesn't do the song justice because it's actually pretty cool. Yeah. And so. again, th- this is one of these things that having watched the movie for as long as I can remember, I never really noticed until I was watching it to make uh, take my notes for this minute. Yeah. The door is closed by itself, and it's closed very, very, very quickly. It's not just one of those cases where it's uh, locked as he closes it behind him. And I think that's, you know, the case of the building uh, continually trying to connect these two Yeah, um, is now forcing it. And it's slamming shut behind him. The key master, again, Correct. locked outside of his apartment. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I had one interesting note here about this moment. Uh, I kind of looked up some trivia for this minute to see if there was anything going on here, any, you know, uh, flubs or anything like that going on in the background that we could talk about. The only thing I found of note is uh, something that somebody had written on IMDb, and I guess it showed up in maybe um, some 
trivia versions of the uh, like tri- trivia for the movie trivia books that the the terror dog gargoyles were based on gargoyles out of an old church in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Really, I could not find anything to back this up. I couldn't find anything other than the reference that they were based on some gargoyles there. So I went onto a gargoyle aficionado ring on the internet of people that go around cities and that is awesome. take pictures of gargoyles to try to figure out if I could find the pictures of them. So the, there's no concrete answer on which gargoyle the statues in the movie were, movie were designed after. So the only depictions I could find were a couple of gargoyle dogs in Philadelphia, and they didn't really look anything like the terror dogs, but those were on the Holy Trinity Episcopal Church on two to West Rittenhouse Square in Philadelphia. So these, go- like I said, these didn't look anything like the terror dogs in the movie. However, I did find four gargoyles on a pinnacle at a church, on a spire, excuse me, at St. Paul's Episcopal Church, which did look like the terror dogs, but they're really only representative of the faces of the terror dogs. So that's St. Paul's Episcopal Church on Southside Chestnut Hill Avenue. So... That was a little bit of research that I did on this to figure out where the terror dog statue influence comes from. And it turns out it's inconclusive. I know we were saying the other day we were looking at the Ghostbusters Ultimate Visual History, and there were a few references to the terror dog statues, and it looked like they looked at everything from uh, gargoyles to foo dogs outside of Chinese restaurants. That's right. And uh, so anyway, very interesting. Well, thank you for all that insight into editing, Brady. That's... Uh, uh, really interesting. We haven't talked a whole lot about editing in this movie, but I did notice as I was watching this, we went from the smash, uh, we had a smash cut almost of the terror dog eye to the elevator doors opening. And I thought yeah. that was a pretty cool, I think the lightning even crashes as the doors open uh, when that happens. Okay, so in terms of uh, which terror dog breaks open first, if I'm not mistaken, that is the altar that Dana ends up on. Yes. So I just, it's kind of funny that again, uh, in reference to that, you know, very special editing trick or done just a few seconds prior. Uh, the altar that she's going to end up on is the dog that's breaking loose first. Very interesting. So we're going from the eye of Zul to the eye of Dana there. Exactly. In that it's one, one of those things. It's like, okay, for uh, people who are analyzing movies and people, you know, 30 plus years later, who are going to be running a podcast on this. Here's just a little subtle thing for you to, to pick up on. Yeah. Almost subliminal. Yeah. In the way it carries across that information of which of the two terror dogs is. Here's a question that I had when I was watching this. Do you think that the terror dog was underneath the statue the whole time? Or do you think it came into being underneath the statue in some sort of hollow being that was there? A um, couple of ways of looking at that. Again, none of it answered through the movie. Yeah. So it's for you to make up your little you know, um, answer for. But we see the eye coming to lighting up, yeah. which means that those terror dogs could have actually been underneath the concrete and here it is coming to life. Like a physical and, body without a spirit. Exactly. And then the lightning bolts maybe drove the spirit into inhabit the body, which had been encased in the sarcophagus underneath. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. And it again, was sitting there waiting for it. Exactly. And again, what do we see later turning, uh, Lewis and Dana into the dogs, but lightning. Yeah. So interesting. I didn't make, I didn't make that connection. Yeah. I hey, me neither. Not until right now. Fascinating. So. That's really cool stuff. It's so. possible. Yeah. All right, well, that's pretty much all I have for minute number 49. So, Brady, you got anything else? That's it for me. Awesome. Folks, thank you so much for joining us again. I'm Kyle. I'm Brady. And we are here to remind you that death is but a door, time a window. We'll be back. Ghostbusters Minute is a fan-supported podcast. To become a patron of Ghostbusters Minute and gain access to exclusive weekly bonus content, visit us at patreon.com slash gbminute. If you like the podcast, then leave us a review on iTunes. You can contact us at GhostbustersMinute at gmail.com and visit us online at GhostbustersMinute.com, Facebook.com slash GhostbustersMinute, Twitter.com slash GBMinute, 
And look us up on Instagram, at Ghostbusters Minute. Our theme song is Ectoplasm by Audionautics, which is licensed under the Creative Commons Attributions License. Ghostbusters.